What's up, y'all? Welcome into another episode of The Hangout in the Holy Land, the flagship podcast for LandGrantHolyLand.com's podcast network. My name is Colton Denning, and I am your host, and this is our quick reaction show to Ohio State's 51-10 win over Indiana. Game ended about 30 minutes ago, and we have a lot to talk about today. Remember, after all these games, or I guess before they end, whenever you want, you can get on the show and interact with us by sending us a tweet, either at Holy Land Pod, uh, at LandGrant33, or you can send me a tweet at DubsCo. Those are all the ways you can interact with the show, so if you want to get on, have your voice heard, please be sure to do that, interact with us there, follow the podcast on Spotify, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts. Okay, so let's talk about this game. And there's no no other way to put it, guys. This was an ass-whooping. Ohio State basically, from the jump, just went out and beat Indiana up and down the field. That was as impressive a performance as we've seen from Ohio State in at least a couple of years. Not looking at stuff right now and not having previous games in front of me. I just can't remember a Big Ten game and a Big Ten opener especially. I know the Rutgers game was last year, but they don't really count. Um, but just a, against a, a decent to good Indiana team. I don't think that that's a bad team. I think Indiana's a bull team, and they have some good pieces to that team. They have some good coaches, and Ohio State just beat them up and down the field basically from the start of the game in every single facet. When I was previewing this game on Wednesday, I said I, I thought that the final score in this one would be around like the 38 to 10 region or the 41-17 region. I felt really confident about where this team was at right now. And a big talking point of the last podcast was about how excruciating this Ohio State-Indiana series has been basically for the last eight years and how close these games have been and how Ohio State's had to pull away in the fourth quarter. It's looked really ugly, especially in the middle portions of the game. Couldn't really get anything going. Indiana was tough. They would make some big plays and hang around. There was none of that today, and I think that that can be traced back to really why this team looks so much more improved in the early stages of the season than what they were for most of last year, even 2017 and 2016, and just watching this team through three weeks, what stands out to me is that they just do the little things so well, and I don't know if I can really quantify that with anything without it sounding like coach speak, that they're aggressive, they play like they know where they're going. It doesn't look like they're thinking a lot. But to me, that's just what it is, is that they just look well-coached. They look like they know exactly what they're doing. All of the things we've talked about the last couple of years being the downfall of this team, at least for right now, it doesn't seem like those things are going to pop up. And if other things pop up, I don't think it's going to be that. I really don't this season. If they get beat, it's going to be because they got beat by a better team or a team just played really well and on that day they took it to them and that's okay but I don't think that this team is going to beat themselves and today was another example of that that after the first quarter it was 7-3 and it may have looked like to some people like oh here we go again it's it's a little sleepy it's an early game in Indiana is the team going to be able to pull away and lo and behold in the second quarter they score 23 points and by halftime you know, outside of the Indiana flea flicker touchdown, felt like this game was over. So just super impressed when it comes to that. This team, through three weeks, looks like they just do the little things so well, and they're doing stuff 
that they didn't do last year. Where that's most evident is on the defense. We'll we'll talk about the 51 points, 44 of those coming from the offense, the other seven from a Damon Arnett pick six, last score of the game. But the, just the defense, could it be any more different than what we saw last season or even 2017? I mean, this defense is flying around. And I know that Cincinnati and Indiana and Florida Atlantic, they aren't Clemson, they aren't Oklahoma, they aren't some high-level offenses. And I still have a couple of concerns about this defense when it comes to playing teams with better athletes. But I'm just so impressed with what they've done on all three levels. And today, right from the start, they were dominant. The defensive line in particular, this was their third great game. They're three for three so far this season. That really starts with Chase Young. Um, Why would any team want to block him one-on-one? I think he had two sacks. He had a couple other plays where he was in the backfield really early on. But him and the rest of that defensive line, Tyler Friday, we saw Zach Harrison get his first sack of the year. Javante Jean-Baptiste had a sack later in the game. Robert Landers was able to create some pressure up the middle. I mean, I don't know how deep this defensive line goes as we continue to get on throughout Big Ten play, but it's it's impressive so far. And they're, they're not even really doing anything creative on defense right now. Through three weeks, they've been able to just line up four, maybe sometimes even three guys, and just say, hey, go get after the passer. Go disrupt the offense. And that's exactly what they're doing. And when you have a guy like Chase Young, who if he's one-on-one, he's going to beat his guy. And if he needs to get chipped by a tight end or an H-back or a running back, that just means somebody else on the other side is going to eat. So that defensive line right now really is opening up everything for the rest of the defense behind them to make plays. Look at the run defense so far this season. 0.6 yards per rush for Florida Atlantic, 3.1 for Cincinnati, and then 1.3 for Indiana. How often last year did we talk about other teams just breaking off huge runs against them? We haven't seen that so far this year. And like I said, it isn't against Clemson. It isn't against Oklahoma. It's not against Penn State or or Michigan or even another high-level team out there with a good offense. But this was a defense that was giving up big plays to basically everybody last season. And this season, they're not. And that's due to a lot of things. I think it's due to the coaching. I think it's due to some different personnel in at linebacker. Um, We got to shout out Pete Werner. Pete Werner's had a great start to the season. He's been put into much better situations so far. We've seen a lot of Baron Browning um, and just everybody, again, on the defensive line. Them being able to shut down teams running has completely changed the defense. And when you get into those second and eights or third and seven, third and nines, that lets Chase Young and the rest of those rushmen get after the quarterback. And that's what they do best. And that's just really taking this defense up to a couple of higher levels than what they have been lately because they're so much better against the run Teams aren't controlling first and second downs and getting them on their heels. And we saw that today, right from the start of the game. Indiana didn't do anything on offense. I think it was three straight, three and outs, and then they had the field goal in the first quarter. But from the jump, they've just been able to push teams around and not let them do anything. So Indiana's overall totals, 31 carries, 42 yards. Um, What else can you say? A long of 20, so 22 yards on those other 30 carries, which is 
Very impressive. So for me, it all starts with the run defense and then everything builds off that. And, and it's not like Indiana just gave them the ball either. Indiana only turned the ball over one time that pick six. So the, the defense was on the field. They were just making plays and getting Indiana off the field, which was kind of cool to see. You would rather create a couple more turnovers. And I know Josh Proctor dropped the pick. Somebody else dropped the pick. I can't think of off the top of my head. Maybe it was Brendan White, but they had some opportunities. But even when Indiana got second chances, this defense didn't let up anything. So we'll, we'll see how they continue to progress throughout the year. But like I said, I couldn't be more impressed with what they're doing on defense so far. Overall, uh, still a little shaky about the linebackers and the middle portion of the secondary. I, I got to say, it, it's tough watching Tough Borland run around, and that's not like as a slight to him. That leg just looks rough, man. Like I, I am impressed that he's able to even get out on the field. You could see it on that flea flicker. Like When he really has to start running, that leg still looks like he's coming off a major leg injury. So I'm still a little concerned about how they match up with teams with good athletes exploiting them over the middle, but they're going to continue to improve. And you really just can't say enough about what this defense has done so far. Before I get into the offense, and please forgive me for waiting 10 minutes to talk about them because they were amazing today. Before I do that, we're going to take a quick break, pay some bills, hear from some sponsors. And then when we come back, we'll break down what was just an awesome day for the offense and why I am so encouraged about them going forward. Okay, welcome back to the Hangout in the Holy Land podcast. This is our quick reaction to Ohio State's 51-10 win over Indiana. Remember, if you want to get involved with the show, send us a tweet. I am at Dubsco, that's D-U-B-S-C-O. As a show, we are at Holy Land Pod, and then you can send the website a tweet as well, at LandGrant33. Make sure to subscribe, both on Apple Podcasts, and follow along on Spotify. So I talked about how impressed I was with the defense, held Indiana to 10 points. Really, the only thing that came of that was the flea flicker. That's that's all they gave up. A couple other big plays here and there, but for the most part, they were great. The offense was just as good, if not better. And that starts with J.K. Dobbins. Um, in the preview, one of the big things I noticed about Indiana and their defense was that despite all the experience they had, they had a lot of problems with missed tackles, especially against Ball State week one. And if you're going to have problems tackling guys from Ball State, you're probably going to have a hard time tackling J.K. Dobbins. And holy hell, welcome back, J.K. Dobbins. This was arguably, I think, his finest game at Ohio State. I know that there are other, just like pure, from a pure number standpoint, he's had better games. But 22 carries, 193 yards, almost 9 yards per pop, a touchdown. He had a long of 56. He also had a receiving touchdown in the second half. Man, where, where to start with him? Whatever was lost for him in 2018, whether it was just he wasn't hitting the hole, he was dancing around too much, he wasn't decisive as he was in 2017, his freshman season, that's back. He is shaking dudes again. Uh, that second touchdown run, that 26-yarder, it looked like he was going to go down for maybe a, a two-yard loss. He put his hand on the ground, was able to make a quick cut. I think he stiff-armed two dudes, ran past another guy, and then finished with contact at like the three-yard line and dragged two guys into the end zone. 
they were talking about it on the broadcast that he's lost some body fat. He's leaner. It seems like he's in a better place mentally when it comes to playing the game this year. He was awesome today, and he really is able to take a lot of pressure off of Justin Fields, and that's probably the best thing about J.K. Dobbins playing at this type of level. Not only is he an elite running back, and you have this great running game again at Ohio State that really we haven't seen since 2017. That that was gone last year, but he is just he's so impressive and they're able to run this offense through him. And I think people were a little concerned with Meyer gone, like, Oh, how much is this offense going to shift to just Ryan day slinging the ball around? Because we saw that a lot with Dwayne Haskins last year. When you got a guy like JK Dobbins, you're going to run the rock and they only had to give it to him 22 times, but they were all pretty impressive. He looks like he is shaking dudes again. He looks healthy he, he just looks like a completely different running back. And that touchdown run was one of the more impressive runs I've seen from him. And that, that's saying something. Also, the offensive line deserves a ton of credit for how Ohio State was able to run the ball today and the success that Dobbins had. They were maybe the most scrutinized unit on the team. Well, outside of the linebackers, they were the most scrutinized unit on the team heading into this season. But through three weeks, like... How, co- how confident do you feel about the offensive line? Because I feel really good about them. They haven't faced a, a great defensive line, but Indiana and Cincinnati aren't slouches, especially against the run. Those are two good teams with good defensive personnel that have two coaches and Luke Fickle and Tom Allen that are defensive guys and know how to limit what teams do on offense. And I thought this might be a game where we saw a little shakiness from the offensive line. No, the run blocking especially has just been much better this season. And today it was the best it's been in a really long time. You saw guards pulling out into space. You saw H-backs or tight ends doing those wham blocks, getting linebackers at the second level. Some of those holes that Dobbins and Master Teague, who we'll talk about in a little bit, some of those holes that those guys had to run through were just absolutely wide open, all thanks to one, I think play design, that can that credit can go to Ryan Day and the rest of the offensive staff. But two, improved offensive line play. The depth is still a b- bit of a question mark. We haven't seen a lot of offensive line depth from them yet this season. But man, just overall blocking-wise, they've been pretty great. And today was, uh, was their best performance. And 41 carries as a team for 314 yards, 7.7 yards per pop. That'll do it. Even with a long of 56 and Master Teague with 40, uh, that's still a, a very good day. And that's that's very encouraging for this offense. And yet again, talked about how important Dobbins is for a young quarterback who is still developing. This offensive line, especially in run blocking, being much better than we thought they would be, is just a huge boon for Justin Fields. Another thing too, before I talk about how Fields played today, that under center package they have that we we discussed a little bit last week and some of the play action they run off that when you're running the ball like they were today and and just punishing a team especially on first down that opens up everything and we saw a play action to Chris Olave that 37 yard touchdown when Ohio State's got the ground game going Ryan Day is going to be able to really take advantage of getting defenses off their heels when they're just expecting run 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 and then you, you bring that play action in and you have the, the touchdown like you did to Olave. So that's another thing that's I, I think is, is really helping 
Justin Fields' development is how impressive the run game has been and how consistent they've been. They're not losing two yards or, or getting two or three yards a pop like they were last year. On first downs, they're getting four or five or six. I mean, you look at today, I was crunching the numbers right after the game. Uh, my math might be a little bit off, but before the starters got taken out, so when they were on the field, they had 282 yards on first downs today. That is good for 8.8 yards per play. And even when you take out the Olave touchdown, which was 37 yards, and the long of 56, that long J.K. Dobbins run, that's still 6.3 yards per play on first down. And when you're averaging that much on first down, I don't know what the exact number is, but I would say that that is giving you a high probability and a high chance of winning a football game, especially if you're not turning the ball over. So Ohio State won this game to me offensively on first down. They, they were able to just immediately get ahead of the sticks, leave options open to what they wanted to do on offense, and keep Indiana off balance. So that has a lot to do with everyone, play design, play calling, blocking, guys making right decisions. So just overall offensively, it was great. Uh, when it comes to Justin Fields and his game, just looking at some of the notes that I have written down on the preview, I, I talked about wanting to see him get punched in the mouth or, or face a little bit of adversity to see how he reacted. And this was his first career uh, conference road game start. We, we keep forgetting how young he is, but Justin Fields is a young quarterback. We haven't seen him really play with any sort of adversity yet so far this season. And we didn't really see that today. There was maybe a point early on in the second quarter, like I said, where we were like, oh, is this is this going to be another one of the Indiana games? And it ended up not being that. So we're still waiting to see how Fields plays in a game where it's a little bit tighter and the decision-making speeds up a little bit more. But he went through another game with no interceptions. I thought his raw stat line was, it was okay, 14 to 24, 199 yards, three touchdowns, passing. Didn't really run the ball much. I think it was just four for 11 yards. Um, but he he's still developing. And I thought that when you take individual nuggets away from the game, there are things that you can be really positive about while also noting that, hey, this is a young quarterback who's still trying to find his footing, still trying to grasp some of the nuances to the game. And, and three in, in particular that, that stick out to me are one, the play action throw to Chris Olave, the 37-yarder. Just a beautiful pass, hit him in stride. And then the other two touchdowns, the ball placement on the throw to J.K. Dobbins in the end zone. That may not look like much, but that was a throw where he he put it where only Dobbins could get it for a young quarterback to make that type of throw is great. And then the other touchdown to K.J. Hill in the corner of the end zone. If you really watch Fields throw the ball, we, we know about the arm strength. We know he can zip the ball down the field. We know it's it's got a little mustard to it when he wants to put it on there. But he's also developing a little bit of touch. And that throw in the corner to K.J. Hill was a perfect example of that. So watching Justin Fields develop and acquire some of that touch in the nuance is something that I'm really looking forward to as we progress through the next couple of weeks. We're not going to see it against Miami of Ohio. That's going to be another one where we don't really see him probably face a lot of adversity, or at least, you know, hopefully. But that's that's something we're still waiting on. But I think he showed some things and fought through some things today that 
were encouraging. There were the high throws. There was one of the throws on third down to Olave that he missed. There was a couple of deep balls that he missed. One was also to Olave that probably should have been a touchdown. And I think Ryan Day addressed that in the postgame presser that, hey, we got we to gotta fix some of the, the overthrows and the high throws. But again, that's stuff that's going to come with being a young quarterback. And luckily, the rest of the offense is picking up slack and not having him do it all. That's what's really encouraging about this is that they're able to run the ball. They're able to help him out there. That helps play action. They're able to keep him upright for the most part. He has a lot of time to throw, and his receivers are catching the ball. Benjamin Victor had a couple of nice catches. Austin Mack had at least two on the sideline. So they're doing everything in their power, whether it's coaches or the receivers or the offensive line, to make this a quarterback-friendly offense. So as much as we talk about Justin Fields, we got to talk about the other guys too because they're really helping his transition so far. And you can definitely see some young quarterback traits in him, but you can also see with a lot of seasoning what he's going to be. So Justin Fields, not too worried about the stuff that went wrong or didn't go wrong, but just is a little bit off right now. It's young quarterback stuff and very encouraged about the stuff that he is showing that is positive so far. All right, I've brought it up a couple of times. We like to do it on these recap episodes. Let's get to your questions and the ones you sent to at Holy Land Pod, which you can do after every Ohio State game on these reaction shows. Uh, starting with our man, Eddie, who says, can we go back in time before the season and fire Greg Schiano and Bill Davis? If only, man, this defense looks totally new. Uh, Eddie also asks, uh, if Fields went down, would OSU be better off running the triple option. I'd be fine just running some sort of wildcat formation with J.K. Dobbins now that he's got those jukes back. Um, but yeah, Ohio State's quarterback depth right now is pretty tenuous. We got another comment from somebody about it. Let me find it. Uh, Josh, who says, I weep if Fields gets hurt. Yeah, that that's definitely one thing to be afraid of. But also on the, the positive note when it comes to that is Ryan Day isn't wasting Justin Fields right now, even today, I think, what, four carries. So we're still waiting on that. And that's something that everybody talked about in his first touchdown in the season opener was that 51 yarder. And I think we all kind of thought like, oh boy, here we go. Dynamic quarterback back in the Ohio State offense. We're going to see a lot of this. We really haven't. The only time Justin Fields has really run has just been when nobody's been open or he hasn't processed things fast enough and has gotten out of the pocket and just made some gains. So that's that's another thing that I really like is that they're not just going to force feed Justin Fields running the ball just because he's a great athlete. I think Ryan Day is going out of his way to make sure, hey, I need to develop this guy as a passer as young as I possibly can and as soon as I possibly can. And we, we know he can run. We know he can do the read option stuff. We know what he is as an athlete with his legs. But why, why do that against Indiana? You know, maybe you see a little bit of that early against Miami of Ohio, but probably not. So that's one thing to keep an eye on is Ryan Day is not overrunning Justin Fields by a long shot. And when there are games that are closer in the second half, probably going to see much more of that. Ryan Day's keeping it close to the vest right now. And I think that that's a great thing. Parker says, how many yards does Dobbins have if the ref doesn't stop him twice? Also, good Lord, did the running game look good? Yeah, those, those two times that the uh, the ref hit him, especially at the end of the half there, I don't know how much more yardage 
he could have got, but that would have been interesting to see what he would have done there. He's definitely over 200 with that, so that was a shame to see. That ref was really the only guy on the field that could stop J.K. Dobbins today, other than Ryan Day and the rest of the coaches. But yeah, running game looks awesome. Uh, Master Teague in that too. 10 carries, 106 yards, had the 40-yard touchdown. We've been talking about it the last couple weeks here on the show, wanting him to just step up and, and take that job. And I thought that he really did that from week one with some of the runs he had against Florida Atlantic. But it seems like he hasn't. He might not be the type of practice guy that this coaching staff wants. They want him to be a little bit more consistent on that front. But at this point, he's doing it in games. He's running dudes over. He's getting yards. You know, he's not messing around. He he doesn't have a lot of wiggle to him, I think. But that's okay. He is a great cut runner, and when he gets going, he's got very good speed. So another strong performance from Master Teague. At this point, he's locked up that backup running back job, and uh, that's a formidable duo with him and J.K. Dobbins, man. That's that's something I want to see going forward, and Master Teague is the type of running back where if they get some trust in him in games against Penn State or Michigan State or Michigan late in the game and you need to salt away the clock and you need somebody to to run a linebacker over to get a couple hard yards, I think that that's Master Teague's game. So another strong outing for him. Jackson says, how many D linemen are on the roster? Seems like an endless supply, quality as well as quantity. Yeah, at this point, we're, we're seeing them go like 10 deep. This is something that was under the radar this year, I think, that the star power outside of Chase Young isn't on this team, at least right now. I mean, these are guys that I think in a year from now, a lot more people are going to be talking about. The Zach Harrisons, Tyler Friday, Javante Jean-Baptiste, uh, Tyreek Smith. But wow, they're just single-handedly wrecking offenses right now and making it really hard for, for teams to do anything. They're pinching the pocket, and I think that that helps the secondary too. It allows them to play a little bit more free, a little bit more aggressive, helps the whole defense. They're just, they're dominant right now. So defensive line continues to rotate guys in and out, be the same next week against Miami of Ohio. That's maybe my my top thing to watch next week is how many guys rotate in and out of that defensive line and just how many guys are able to get to the quarterback. Uh, Finally, last question we get or comment, I guess, is from Mike Morris, who says there are absolutely not five better teams in the country than the Bucks, which I think I agree with, but I'm also still waiting on. It is still early. It's very impressive so far. I think we we all have reasons to be very optimistic about this team. I feel much better about this group than I have really since before the 2015 season. And we thought that that team would roll back to the playoff. And we, we know how that worked out and how frustrating that year was. But you know, all the stuff we talked about the last few years, I, I hate to keep hammering that home, but I think it's really true. All the frustrations we've had with this program, admittedly great program and, you know, winning 95% of their games, but just the small stuff that has hurt them, it just doesn't seem to be there right now. Maybe some other stuff pops up, but, you know, they are they are right there. And in terms of talent, we know that they are better than top five. In terms of talent, they're right there with Alabama and Clemson. I don't think anybody can dispute that based off of how they recruit and what they put into the NFL. They're right there. When they've played those guys the last few years, though, that hasn't been the case. So I still think we got to wait until we get a little bit further into the season to say that, hey, 
this is one of the two or three best teams in the country. And the good news is despite how well they've played, especially the last two weeks, there's a lot of stuff that they can improve on. I still think the secondary can improve. The linebackers can improve. I think Justin Fields' passing can improve and his decision-making there. But overall, yeah, this team for me is on the path to being one of those two or three best teams in the country like we've expected them to be lately, but they just haven't quite been on that level. But today was a statement. Today was, you know, you can't discount a win in conference by 41 points, especially over a team like Indiana, who has a history of not only playing you well, but playing Michigan well, Penn State well. They beat Michigan State last year. This is a group that's played the big boys well and has upset a couple of them. I don't know. I didn't really hear that talk this year of, hey, Indiana's going to get this one. But there was at least like, hey, we got to be a little bit worried. And no, Ohio State crushed that from the beginning. That's what we've been waiting for. They play these teams that are less talented than them. They should run them over. And today, that's exactly what they did. That's what great teams do. So it's a good start. We'll see how they keep playing in Big Ten play. But I really like the mentality and how they're using the talent so far. Thank all of you for interacting with the show. Please continue to do that, even if it's the same people each week. That's great. We're building a community here. Uh, I want you to be a part of these recap shows. It's it's much easier to get you guys involved that way than than it is the previews, and it gets more perspectives than just mine, whether I agree with it or I don't. I love having those out there. We can talk about it on the show. So after every one of these games, reach out, and we'll get it here on the show. Final stuff before I get out of here, just other random stuff that I liked about the game or or talked about in the preview. I thought Chris Olave would have a big game, and all he did was catch three passes for 70 yards and a touchdown, plus blocked another punt. He is an absolute ace. I don't know how great his raw numbers are going to be at the end of the year, if it's going to be like 1,200 yards, but Chris Olave is just so impressive. He keeps doing that week after week, whether it's the route running or a block a catch he had, smoking a DB, or like this week, kind of all of it, and blocking a punt as well. He's really a a Swiss Army knife. Another receiver who was great today and has strung together the most consistent stretch of his career is Benjamin Victor. Four catches for 66 yards, a long of 21. I think this is the first time in his career he's had three straight games of over 60 yards. I wrote about this in five on it, talked a little bit about it in the preview too. He, he just looks good. He looks consistent for the first time in his career. He, he's also, I don't think anybody in this offense, I talked about it with Olave, I don't think anyone's going to be like eight catches for 120 yards each week. There's going to be guys sprinkled in here or there, but I'm, I'm really liking Benjamin Victor, four catches for 70 yards around that. that. That is a perfect place for him. He looks the best he has in his career. He's been a really reliable third down target for field so far and uh, just just happy for him. I hope he keeps it up and has a great rest of his senior season. And that, that's pretty much it from me. I'm sure I've missed quite a bit, but I, w- I want to get this out tonight and have you guys talk about it, listen to it, discuss. Let me know what you guys think about it, but really just good stuff all around. Ohio State is in a great place right now. This was an awesome win. I think they, they got out of this pretty healthy. I haven't seen any news that anyone was hurt. Um, And that's really all you can ask for when you beat a team like this and have this impressive of a performance. Like I said, they can still improve on both sides of the ball, but 
they beat the hell out of a team who at the very least is pretty decent and at the most is going to be a good mid-tier power five bowl team which we haven't seen them do a lot recently and that is what great teams do and this team so far through three games it's early they look like they have potential to be a pretty great team this season so that's that is where we are at and that's probably the best place we've been at in a little bit with this team despite all of the success it's been a little bit up and down it hasn't been so far this season i like where they're at that's going to wrap up our reaction show make sure to visit landgrantholyland.com for all of our coverage involving ohio state football and ohio state athletics not just football but post-game indiana stuff pre-game for next week anything you want to read ohio state wise we got it also follow the site on twitter at landgrant33 as a show we are at holyland pod i am at dubsco if you want to reach me there and please subscribe to the show if you enjoy it on apple podcast you can also follow along on spotify hope you guys enjoyed today's episode and you enjoy the rest of your weekend i will be back on wednesday previewing ohio state's game against miami of ohio until then though want to wish you guys the best hope you have a great rest of your weekend my name is colton denning this is the hangout in the holy land and go bucks